Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 4. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle and those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time you already know what i'm saying is true so if that sounds interesting to you enjoy the show out boom what's going on you guys byron rogers here with another awesome episode of the executive protection lifestyle podcast you know i've been blessed to have some amazing guests i'm really excited about this one uh duke speed who's the senior training manager for aus now and um we're going to dig into everything uh, having to do with the company. He's also a legend. You know, me being a Marine, I've heard his name for years in the recon community and all around the executive protection industry. So, you know, sit back, relax, and we're going to learn everything we can from this from this man who's made some awesome contributions already on multiple levels. So we're honored to have you, sir. How are you doing today? Doing great, Byron. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, welcome. Just real quick, you know, what are you, a little bit of your background and what are you doing now for AUS and things like that so people know who they're listening to? Okay. So if you, if you want, I'll kind of give you my history. You know, it's the, the problem with that is that I'm going to show you how old I actually am. But, uh, yeah, no, we got time. We got time. Yes, sir. All right, cool. So, so back in uh, 79, believe it or not, wow. You know, I'm really dating myself. Um, came right out of high school, joined the Marine Corps. I uh, was looking for a, a, really a physical challenge, honestly. I uh, had played football, wrestled, and ran track all through high school, lettered in you know varsity sports in all three disciplines. And I really, uh, my parents didn't have um, really the means to send me to college. And I was very naive regarding uh, college, you know, tuition, loans, all that type of thing. I didn't even know any, about any of the service academies, to be honest with you, you know, Annapolis and West Point, and those types of things. So I really was quite naive coming out of high school, but I knew I wanted to, you know, to have a physical challenge. So um, I talked to the Marine Corps recruiter and he hooked me, you know, like they, like they usually do. Yep. He told me what I wanted to hear which uh, later on when I got to boot camp wasn't exactly what he said. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, you know the deal being a Marine. Um, he hooked me. I went to went to Paris Island. And uh, believe it or not, a lot of guys don't know this. A lot of folks don't know this about my background, but I actually started out in the aviation field. Really? I was a <laughs> I was an ejection seat mechanic on F-4s, wow. uh, Phantom Jets, and A-4 Skyhawks. And honestly, wow. again, you know, kind of showing how naive I was. I went into the uh, Marine Corps very naively, like I mentioned, and uh, my recruiter kind of convinced me based on my ASVAB scores that I should go to more of a technical field. Yeah. When really I thought I was going to be running around with Cami and a pack on my back. And that was yeah. the thing from the truth. So 
So anyway, once I got into the uh, aviation field, I knew it wasn't for me. I wanted to uh, get out of it as quickly as possible. So awesome. uh, it, it took a while. I did kind of the unthinkable back then. I did a lateral move to the infantry. Outstanding. Uh, I love yeah. it. Right. Swimming against the grain. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was unheard of. In fact, um, most everybody that even helped me through it said I was nuts. Um, you know, <laughs> they said, if you want to sleep in a mud hole and, uh, you know, basically have a poncho liner for protection, that's going to be your life for the next four years. And I said, yeah, that's for me. So um, I, I did that wanting to go into the reconnaissance community. Um, I had met a guy uh, that was a recon Marine. Yeah, and kind of uh, just looked to him, looked up to him. So I figured I got to I got to get in the infantry, infantry first and uh, and to go the recon route. And eventually, you know, that came to fruition. Wow. Uh, so to get back to your to your original, question, you know, I, I kind of I can kind of cover really about a span of 30 years if you want. But basically where I am today is I'm the uh, senior training manager, as you mentioned. Freelight Universal Executive Protection Intelligence Services, and pretty much um, really anything training centric to the company, um, I, I'm involved. I, I do the design, the development, the uh, some of the instruction, actually a lot of the instruction, and then I'm with a great team of uh, colleagues who, you know, essentially do the same thing and, and support our training. Yeah, and I mean the experience you guys have over there and the talent that you guys have been able to <clears throat> retain and, 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 you know, implement even with the change has been pretty awesome. Um, it was really cool to meet, to link up with everyone at this last close protection conference and see all you guys, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. It seems like you guys still have an all-star squad over there for sure. We do. We're done. I'm pretty proud of our, uh, our ops and training, you know, as again, maybe, uh, We'll probably get into this a little bit more uh, into the conversation, but you know our ops and our training—we're joined at the hips, and and basically our leadership philosophy coming right from the top is that training should be embedded with our embedded accounts uh, because obviously, obviously everything training-wise supports our embedded clients. So all the agents that are part of our accounts, you know, we have to support them with their annual training requirements some one-offs, you know, if it's a specialty skill that we want to develop, such as waterborne security, those types of things, uh, you know, training supports all of our accounts. Uh, what a lot of people probably don't also realize, and I've really kind of been trying to, uh, to get this word out, is just about every program we deliver for our embedded accounts, our, our agents, we also um, offer those programs up for open enrollment. So unless it's a custom specific uh, program for a particular client and they don't want any type of open enrollment. It's unique to them. Right. Uh, any program we do is open enrollment. So, um, you know, we, we want other folks to come in and, and, and attend our training programs because I'd, honestly, it also selfishly a little bit, we yeah. recruit that as well. Like a lot of, a lot of the other folks do. Right. So, yeah. so we, if we see a guy or a gal shine in training, obviously that's a good candidate for uh, to become one of our agents. So, you know, it, it's a win-win all the way around. Heck yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. And that's something I don't know if many people know, because I know there were some, you know, the way that some of the training was run, it was, it was kind of closed internal within the company from what I understand. Um, yeah. But really what you guys are is another really big high-end training organization, training option for the agent now to really take a look at with 
really all-star cast of, of instructors, especially with yourself leading the charge there. You know, that's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah, we got awesome. a good crew. Got a good crew for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And I love what you said about your way, finding your way into the Marine Corps. It's just, it's a different breed, man. Some of us have that warrior DNA and just nothing will suffice. I did the same thing. I was, I, I was in my cafeteria and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to war. I wanted, I wanted to do something that I knew would settle my masculine, the masculine dilemma, you know, because my father's really hardcore, a successful businessman lifelong martial artist, hard man, got shot at point blank range with a shotgun when I was a kid, survived, <laughs> yeah, survived, you know, yeah. um, still locks me on to this day. And I was like, how am I ever going to come close to like really ma- measuring up or, and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to the military. And then I went up to the, the army recruiter and in the cafeteria and I, I was like, so what's the real truth? I was like, Marine Corps or army. And, and he was like, well, what are you looking for? And I was like, I want it to be hard. I was like, I want it to suck. I want people to look at me and I want them to know that I did the hardest enlisted branch. I want to suck every single day. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, he looks around and he leans over and he goes, you should probably just join the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. And it, and I'm sure it came true because uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to argue with our boot camp. It's it's pretty much uh, physically. It's you know it's 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 pretty challenging and and emotionally. Yeah. And I think I think some of the biggest benefits really are the psychological and emotional benefits of understanding that you don't know your limitations. You know that you really can push through so many barriers you thought you had as a civilian. You know. Yeah. Uh, discipline. That stuff, taking that stuff through life, I think has really benefited me more than a lot of things. Yeah, that's awesome. So who, another, one of my favorite opening questions is, so who are you at your core? Like who's been driving you through, you know, um, 20 years active duty in the Marine Corps and all the different things you've done with different agencies and, uh, you know, and then into this position? You know, I, uh, that's a really good question. You know, it's going to sound like a really simple answer, but I'm just a normal guy who really is just trying to better myself every day. And I know that sounds really cliche, but what I mean by that is, you know, I've learned a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hard lessons like we all have, you know, life's tough. And uh, most of the time when you learn something, it's usually from bad experiences. Right. So, uh, you know, I've had a great 30 year career with the feds, you know, 20 years in the Marines uh, went up through the ranks eventually achieved my goal of, you know, getting to the uh, reconnaissance community, force recon, special operations training group. Spent the last half of my career with the reconnaissance community, working with some, you know, wonderful people and then all branches of the uh, soft community as well. You know, worked alongside SEALs, SF, Air Force uh, PJs, combat controllers. So really am blessed to have worked with some really great role models and mentors. You know, probably the biggest thing I've learned is just to be humble. And, you know, it's easy for me to say that, but I'll tell you, um, you know, there was probably a time in my career where, to be honest with you, I was a little bit arrogant Mm. and, uh, you know, young, stupid, immature, and, you know, really probably came out of the Marine Corps a little bit cocky and foolish, to be honest. And (laughs) Good to know. Yeah. Honestly, I've probably learned more in the last 22 years since I've been retired from the Marines. I've been 
retired now longer than I served. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I did go on to another 10 years with the feds, and we can talk about that later. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, my point is I've, I've now been retired 22 years from the Marines, and I only served 20. I've probably learned more these last 22 years just about life in general and how to treat people and how to carry myself more so than I did in the Marine Corps. I mean, the Marine Corps was great, the great foundation. Yeah. But probably the biggest thing I've learned through many hard lessons is just to be humble, uh, be a servant leader. That's probably, I guess, who, you know, who I would like to model myself. If I were to label myself, it would be to try to be a servant leader. And what I mean by that is just to be a good person for everybody around me. Try to try to mentor and be a good role model by setting the example. You know, do I miss the mark occasionally? Of course I do. You know, I'm human like everybody else. But I think if if, if one strives for that, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty much going to pretty much be hitting the mark for the most part every day. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, from the beginning, just be humble. Try to better yourself every single day. These are the things that that fuel a successful career. And I couldn't agree more, you know, and I think especially with our industry and agents coming from where we come from, these awesome backgrounds and, you know, uh, you know, retired from a career in law enforcement or the military. You know, there's definitely a battle with ego coming into a new industry or and or getting on a detail and all of a sudden you're on the private jet and, you know, maybe the client likes you a little bit. So you're the new shot. You're the flavor of the month, you know, <laughs> and then they invite you to sit up front with them one time, you know, and um, there's definitely a battle with, you know, you know, men have to stay grounded and women have to stay grounded and manage those egos, man. That's powerful stuff. What would you say? Why do you think you've learned more during this last latest phase of your life? What would you say is the reason for that? Got better at learning or better at like? How do no, you- I, think, I mean, that's a great question. I, I think, honestly, it's just life experience. You know, I'm, I'm much, you know, I retired out of the Marine Corps. Literally, as I mentioned, I came right out of high school. So I went literally from high school, graduated in June of 79. Two weeks later, I was in Paris Island hating life, thinking, what the hell have I done? What have I done? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I so I literally, I retired 20 years to the day later. So June, June of 99, I retired. And I was still young, you know, 38 years old when I retired. So really, many of us, we're still kind of immature at those we're still hammering. Yeah. We yeah. still and we I, still trust ourselves a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I uh you know, 38 still pretty young and also you also really kind of get a I mean, you get a wide perspective, but you also have somewhat of fairly narrow scope in the range, right? You view everything from the perspective of being a marine, right? And right. and I still do to a large extent, but when I got on into other industries, you know, I went from the Marine Corps, I worked for the Navy, I worked for the State Department, I worked for the uh, Air Marshal Service, yeah. uh, I worked for the private sector, I worked for the FFA, or the FAA, rather. So I got a lot of different perspectives from other folks with different backgrounds. So it's kind of shaped me in a lot of ways in how I view things now. And again, you know, as I've gotten older, as I mentioned, you know, I'm, I, I am kind of getting up there. I'm 60 years old now. Right. So I've had 22 additional years to kind of view life in general. And I've just learned that, you know, with the things that used to spin me up back when I was 38, mm-hmm. uh, get me all, uh, either PO'd or excited. And nowadays yeah. I'm a little more mellow and I kind of take a step back and, and view things a lot differently. And, and again, it kind of goes, I know it's cliche, but it, it kind of goes back to 
have an empathy, right? Try to put yourself in the, the person to your left in the right shoes, right? And that goes yeah. for operationally training, just life in general, you know, treat people with respect, have empathy, try to see their point of view and, uh, and be humble, you know, and that's kind of how, honestly, that's kind of how I try to promote our training programs as well. Yeah. You know, and everything we do in the company. Yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. I think the servant leadership thing that you mentioned is like such a ridiculously powerful and important yeah. key. I really hope guys that are listening to you, especially if you're moving from like being an agent to trying to get your own PPO or trying to run a team and you probably didn't get much training, like leadership training, you know, that servant being the first guy there, the last guy, making sure that you're trying to take care of your team yeah. and not just get a promotion and protect yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it's I agree. And it's, you know, it's easier said than done, but, uh, you know, set that example. And again, you know, I've already mentioned this, but have empathy and, and you know, put yourself in their shoes. Don't yeah. ask somebody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself or you haven't already done already, right? That's basic leadership 101. You know that yeah. from your Marine Corps days. You're not going to ask one of your troops to do something that you're not willing to do yourself, right? That's just poor yeah. leadership or that you haven't already done, right? So you know what it's all about and you know what it's going to be like when it's when they're in, in those shoes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that totally translates to uh, executive protection. Right. It's all about the client. And, uh, you know, in Allied, we say, um, you know, we want to our, basically our mantra is keeping our clients safe, happy and productive. You know, and that, that sounds a little bit silly. Of course, safe is obviously the security part of it. But happy and productive basically means we want to make their life easy for them. We want to be problem solvers. So, yeah. um, you know, everything in our training, the hard skills is all great. And, you know, right. we all love that. And it's sexy and it's fun. But the human emotional intelligence skills, that's those are huge. Um, you know, how do you make your client or your principal's life easier? And that's, you know, that's kind of really what we emphasize in our training programs. That's awesome. No, that stuff's huge because that's I think that's the stuff that really makes a successful agent. You know, your sub second draw and your Judy chop and your karate chop or whatever you bring to the table. That's not like, you know, I always say hard skills may save lives, but soft skills will keep you in the game and get you paid. You know, yeah. that's that's awesome to hear that you guys are talking about that stuff in training. Another question, too. So 40 years experience making critical decisions in high stress situations mm -hmm. um, was one of the things I was reading about you. What would you say about um, critical decision making under stress? Because we're doing it on like a macro on a micro level on almost daily when we're dealing with these powerful people, their assets and things like that. And then sometimes we have to do it on a large scale. Any advice on that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, it's going to sound fairly simplistic probably, but you know, I guess, good. you know, I guess, I guess the first thing is um, consider the the big picture. What is the mission? And, and it goes back to what I just said about our mantra at allied uh, EP and I is, you know, keeping our clients safe, happy, and productive. So when you're in a stressful situation, let's face it, EP is very stressful. Whether you're a driver, you're an agent, you're a sole practitioner, or you're on a multi-agent team, it's stressful because it's a very dynamic environment. You know, and again, of course, I know I'm preaching to the choir here because you're in it as well. But, um, you know, it's constantly changing. Travel, uh, airline reservations get moved at last minute. Phones go down. Navigation. Your plans yeah. get washed away to 
in an instant, <laughs> in an instant right and your, your yeah. driver gets lost uh, or you know his navigation goes down and now you're on the fly trying to get him back on track without making it look you know That's like terrible. a like a big buffoonery type situation right? right so it's very stressful so i guess my advice would be first of all uh, if you're the person in charge or even just the agent on the detail, it might be the lowest guy on the or the lowest scale on the detail uh, in terms of you know rank and in in position. Take a step back, just take a breath, and evaluate the big picture. You know what are we trying to accomplish here? Uh, instead of just uh, letting your emotions you know run run rampant, and you end up usually under stress, you end up making poor decisions anyway. So take it take a breath, take that tactical pause for lack of a better term. Take a breath, evaluate. And try to be calm. You know, that old saying, uh, be a duck, you know, calm on the surface underneath those feet are going like crazy. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's easier said than done, but that would be the the big thing. And the other thing is try to be calm. Right. Because uh, that's one of those things that's contagious. You know, if you're Mm -hmm. under pressure, you know, from being in combat, if if you can be calm, cool and collected. Uh, the folks around you, your subordinates, even your leadership, they're going to kind of gravitate to that, whatever you're conveying. At the same time, if you're all stressed and you're yelling and screaming and you're all kind of out of control, unfortunately, that's going to follow suit as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that would be, you know, my biggest thing is take a step back, take a tactical pause, take a breath, evaluate, you know, evaluate the, the big picture. And uh, and try to remain calm and come up with a solution, solve the problem. Yeah, no, I, I love it, and it, it really does kind of tie in with what you were saying, even about you know as you've gotten older, being able to learn more because you have more perspective, and the things that would spin you up don't as much now. It's like a more sober-minded approach, really, to life and to decision making, um, and really, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I've seen it in action as well. Geez, being able to stay grounded in the middle of chaos, because that's what we do. We try to bring order to chaos, to yeah. chaos of their lives, to chaos of what they want. We, we're always trying to bring some order and, and into these environments. And even in a combat situation, you're trying to bring order and strategy to chaos, you know. So, yeah, I think uh, you nailed it. Really, as a protector, we've got to be grounded and sober minded to make the yeah. best decisions possible. Yeah, and then absolutely. Pivot. Yeah, because you're your principal, right? That person you're protecting mm-hmm. uh, and helping, you know, trying to make their life easy, right? For them, their time yeah. is valuable. They're they're obviously the resources are valuable. Um, you you want to make things seamless as seamless as possible for them. So mm-hmm. if you're conveying calm and cool and collected, they're they're gonna they're gonna feel much more uh, that you're in control. Whereas if you're all amped up and stressed out, it's gonna just convey to them as well. And they're gonna start, uh, you know, second guessing the, the whole environment and the whole situation. Yeah, 100%. And they're gonna start second guessing you. Yeah. And in those high stress situations, it's really hard to outlive um, looking bad in those high stress situations. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it's that that one time that unforgivable, you know. It yeah. could be could be the difference between being employed on that contract or or not, right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. When you're looking at agents coming into this game, I think this is really valuable with all your experience. What type of what types of attributes are you looking for? So you got someone running through training, you know, the things that you believe cause you to trust them 
and know that they'll go far possibly in the industry? Well, one is, again, I want to, I'm looking for humility right up front. In other words, I want somebody that's, you know, basically willing to be a sponge. And, you know, there's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth, right? Listen, 100%. eyes open and be a sponge and absorb training. That's not to suggest that we don't want anybody asking questions, things like that. You know, that's obviously, right. that's absolutely, absolutely what we don't want. We want them asking questions. But my point is being humble enough to accept what we're trying to convey in the training, even if, you know, there's a hundred ways to skin a cat and, and we say in tactics, you know, it's a, it's a 70% solution at best. So there, it's just a way typically that we're trying to put out in training. So when we get somebody in training, we want them to be humble, uh, be a sponge. Obviously we want them to have some leadership skills so that they right. kind of a take charge type of attitude because, you know, we need decision makers in this job. You know, I like to see folks come to training physically fit because we want them to set the example, right? Glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sadly, you know, appearance is a big part of this game. So yeah. if you if you look fit, generally you're going to convey confidence and uh, fitness, wellness, you know, self-control, those types of things. Capabilities. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Can you actually physically do the job? Right. right. So, yeah, those are, those are pretty much you know, kind of standard across the board, probably what most folks look for training, but, but, uh, but I really want that, that individual that's, that's a sponge. They're, you know, really looking to find some other ways of doing things, even if they come with, you know, a fair amount of experience. Every mm -hmm. week, I learn something every day. Yeah. I, you know, I guarantee I'm going to pick something up from just this conversation with you and hopefully mm -hmm. you'll do the same with me. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like a mentality, you know, I think that's like, we're like kind of hungry learners. And if you have that humility, it just keeps you open to be able to soak up the lessons that I think life and the good Lord puts in front of us, to be honest. Um, so thinkers and people who are humble enough to learn uh, are some of the attributes that we're looking for. And physical fitness, it's huge. The way you do one thing is the way you might do many things, you know, yeah. So, you know, impulse control, when I look, I always tell guys, when I look at you, I see your standards, I yeah. see your physical fitness standards, I see your attention to detail, you know, uh, just based on the way you put this outfit together, your discretion, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, that's and true. And, you know, you only get one shot at a first impression. So a lot of times that's going to be a lasting impression, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I'll take character over over a tactical, you know. I can, I can teach it. We can teach anyone tactics, but character. Yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah which actually, which actually brings up a good point. You probably uh, have, mm -hmm. if you haven't, if you haven't seen it or read it, I would recommend the talent war. We, we, we pretty much kind of push that with, with some of our folks in training. It's a great, okay. uh, written by a former force recon slash Navy SEAL guy. He went over to the SEAL program from the Marines and, okay. uh, now he heads up a, a group for uh, high net worth type recruiting and the book's called the talent war, but it speaks to that exact point you just made, which is hire for character, train for skill. That's pretty much the mantra of the book. And it's a great read. Nice. We'll definitely have to check that out. Um, yeah. That's the second time that someone uh, suggested that book to me. So it's gotta be a good one. Advice to someone moving from being an agent into like a middle management position. Um, in our industry, well, I mean, uh, we kind of touched on leadership a bit, but yeah, absolutely. And I'm and I'm sorry, I wrote down a couple notes here. I just want to 
make oh, sure yeah. I'm answering the question the way I had hoped to answer it. So I'm just going to reflect to this here for just a second. Yeah, I jump around a little. I'm jumping around a little bit. No, but no, this isn't live, so we can we can edit. We'll make it all smooth and everything. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So um, I guess I very somewhat made this point, but I guess from an agent moving to middle management, maybe the first thing to to uh, to talk about is again what are you doing to make that client or that principal's life um, easier? You know, uh, if you think about a, a billionaire or some of these folks in the tech industry or just any ultra high net worth individual, um, you know, their time is valuable, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars per second. So if we can streamline their schedule, if we can uh, make their time more valuable to them, if we can make their life easy, I think from a middle management perspective, um, you know, that's going to be huge is just looking at that big picture from that you know point of view. Uh, secondly, um, you're now probably going to, well, you are going to have folks subordinate to you, right? Your, your team and so forth. Uh, just to kind of backstep a little bit with our organization, our embedded accounts, we have a program manager that sits above, I should on paper, maybe that's a bad term, but sits above the detail. In other words, they're not part of the actual close protection detail. The program manager manages all the accounts and so forth and interfaces with the client and that type of thing. And they also obviously take care of the needs of the detail, whereas the detail leader is out there obviously on the ground floor, um, you know, running close protection. So from a middle management perspective, when, you, when you've got subordinates, right, that, are, that you're responsible for, you know, it goes to that Old Marine Corps stuff, right? Yeah. Mission first, humans always take care of the troops. Make sure you're uh, addressing the mission, but at the same time, you've got to take care of those human beings that you're responsible for. And that means everything, you know, pay on time, making sure they're trained properly, making sure they're doing things that uh, keep them grounded and, you know, stay focused on what, what they're uh, supposed to be doing with the mission and their own, you know, personal wellness, all those, all those, all those things that uh, evolve around leadership. Yeah, and, uh, and just again, empathy. You know, put yourself in, in those people's shoes that are uh, that you're surrounded by. Yeah, I, the empathy thing too is another one of those underrated qualities. Like, if you want to have influence or, or or lead, or empathy is so stinking powerful. It's like where everything begins. Like, you even want to just get to someone in a conversation, <laughs> you know, like being able to understand where they're coming from, making sure they know that you understand where they are coming from before you try to implement is yeah. this stuff is like, it is like a superpower, <laughs> you know, it's really, and it's really gratifying. It, it, it fortifies and strengthens relationships in such a positive way. It's like, it's yeah, I agree. Stuff. And it's, and it's a learned skill. It's not yes. something you're, you're really born with. You have to work at it. And, yeah. uh, you know, trying to, uh, especially, you know, you look at today's polarized, not to get all political, but you look at the, you know, the state of our, uh, our country today, it's very polarized, right? Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've gotten to a point where uh, if I don't agree with you, you hate me just because I have a different opinion, right? That's right. crazy, right? So why can't we have a conversation and me try to understand your view, even if it's a little bit different and mm -hmm. you know, get back to the, the old way of doing things that our grandfathers and our you know, grandmothers were used to Yep. Have a conversation. And if you disagree, 
they try to work it out. But uh, but this polarization is, is just crazy. But you know, putting that into EP terms, yeah, it's again empathy. Hundred percent. Yep. It's it's so good. No, I love it. That's powerful stuff. I hope everyone listening really like takes that to heart. So then switching back kind of into, you know, the allied universal world and uh, the training and stuff like that. What would you say people need to know about, you know, allied universal right now as a company and the direction they're going and different things like that? Yeah, great. I'm glad you asked that. So uh, let me back step a little bit and, you know, pro- people probably know we started out as a solution, right? Right. You know, former management, uh, the actual founder of the company. Uh, I won't mention his name only because, not because I don't want to mention it, but I haven't cleared it with him. So I'm just going to leave him out of the conversation. But I think everybody knows AS Solutions was a very, very well-established company. Uh, right now, currently, um, we've rebranded when Allied uh, Universal purchased us. And I think it's important to note that we are a separate company under the umbrella of Allied Universal. So, you know, if you wanted to kind of get official, our official name is Allied Universal Executive Protection and Intelligence Services, Inc. We are a separate company under that. We have our own CEO, right? Um, and then again, as I mentioned earlier, we have embedded accounts that you know we're, we're responsible for. Even our current situation, even though we've recently rebranded a couple of years ago, uh, we have, it, this is going to sound like I'm bragging a little bit, but it's, it's true. We actually have more Fortune 500 clients than any other company in the world. We currently do about 190 day, 190 uh, training days per year, and or 190 courses per year. I'm sorry, and about 300 plus uh, training days per year. And that includes on-demand training, right? So we're we're pretty busy. I look at my schedule right now for 2022, and already for what we have on the books right now. Uh, I'm going to be traveling uh, close to six months of the year right now, and, and we've still got things going on in the books. So, we're, and you know, we're, it's just the beginning. This that's yeah. <laughs> going to compound, yeah. might double. <laughs> yeah. So, so to answer your question a little bit more in detail, so our ops and our training, as I mentioned, are, are at the we're tied at the hip, and the reason again is to support the embedded accounts. But all of our programs we offer, unless it's a custom for a client, are all open enrollment. So, if you look at if you were to go to our website uh, today and look at our Executive Protection Training Academy, you'll you'll see the courses that are currently on the books. But we run a uh, we run what we call our core courses, our core competency courses for our agents. Uh, and that's a, a series of five courses. So um, we do a uh, driver course, which is DRV uh, 201. That's an eight-hour driving course, which is uh, security and defensive driving. Essentially, it's a vehicle dynamics type course where the students are going to get, you know, eight hours of stick time on a, on a racetrack doing vehicle dynamics. Nice. Do a uh, TECC slash LEO course. So uh, we also do an eight-hour medical course. We have an 18 Delta. Our lead instructor comes in. He's a former special forces medic. He's a current paramedic. Nice. And what he does is he runs the uh, guys through an eight-hour block of uh, – basically the TECC course that the National Association of uh, EMT puts out, right? And that leads to an actual, when the students graduate at the end of the day, they get a certificate uh, certifying them as tactical emergency uh, casualty care slash law enforcement officer certified. Um, So they get that certification. That's the eight hour course. Wow. 
Then we do a officer certification is something I haven't heard before. That's new. Yeah. Well, you know what it is? It's the TC3 course, which is normally a 16 hour course. And and Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, it's scaled down to an eight hour course. So it's the TC3, it's the TC3, you know, uh, tactical combat casualty care course. It's the eight hour version of that, but it's more centric to uh, first responders outside of the military. Right. Okay. Yeah. More centric to our mission here. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> right. Outstanding. Yeah. And then, and then our, you know, being an 18 Delta, he'll throw in uh, quite a lot of his own kind of flavor of things as well. Nice. So it's a, it's a pretty thorough medical block. So I've covered driver and uh, that TECC course. Then we do what we call it uh, defensive tactics and physical response course, which is two days of uh, mat room, mat room centric type attacks on principle. Nice tactics, physical response, all that stuff that is tied into that, right? Yeah. Uh, and then we do a one-day firearm course, which we call executive protection handgun. That's an eight-hour course on the range, shooting on the move, principal drills, all those types of things. Uh, heavy emphasis on uh, both strong hand, support hand, two-handed shooting. Okay. You know the drill. I know you're a shooter. All the stuff, man. All the good stuff. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So those, those four courses, and then we do a five-day, what we call our executive protection training program, and that's the EP-centric. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it's the uh, the soft skill type stuff. I mean, there's some hard skill stuff in there, but it's, you know, walking the, walking the principal, right. coverage, uh, protective intelligence, advances, all the EP centric type stuff that goes into that. Right. So I don't want to confuse you, but when those courses are all together, we run that as what we call it, uh, the executive protection Academy. So that's a 10 day Academy. Currently we run it about four to four times a year in Vegas. That's where we currently do it. Um, those courses can be, uh, delivered as standalones or together. In other words, let's say in, in theory, you wanted to take our driver course. You yeah. can do that as a standalone, or you can do it when we run in the full 10-day academy and, you know, take some other courses in conjunction, right? Wow. Nice. So you can pick your parts, or you can get the full meal deal, depending on what you can do with your time and everything exactly. else. That's nice. Yeah. And then and then we run some, you know, what I call one-offs. They're not really considered our core courses, which are recorded of our embedded agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also run... Um, a new course we actually established this past year called our waterborne security operations course. That's okay. a three day, that's a three day water program where students will actually get certified through the Red Cross as lifeguards. Uh, nice. So they can get on boats and, you know, provide protection to the principal on a waterborne environment. They'll okay. also get, uh, they'll get refreshed in CPR, AED for both adult and pediatric. And then we spend an eight hour day. Uh, that, that first two days is the uh, AR ARC uh, lifeguard certification. Okay. The final day of that three-day course is all EP-centric uh, waterborne stuff. So we'll 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 stress them out a little bit in the pool, give them some stress inoculation, some waterborne stuff. You guys and, got a recondo talking about stressing out in the pool. Yeah, I don't know. You guys know it. Yeah. It's good stuff. I guarantee you it's good training. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh yeah. Outstanding. Sorry. Good. No, that's okay. And then, uh, and then currently we re- we just uh, developed a uh, active threat response course for EP as well. So, this is from the it's an active threat model, but it's um, 
it's EP centric. So in other words, you know, most of the time, let's let's put ourselves in an active threat environment where we got an active shooter, something kicks off in the vicinity of our principal. We're not going to go to a traditional active threat response like law enforcement would, uh, right? We're not going to go out direct to the threat and try to take out the threat. In most cases, we need to uh, uh, hard point our principal, mm-hmm. either you know shelter him or her in place or evacuate, or if for some reason something kicks off and we're separated from our principal, now we need to go clear the spaces to get to our principal so we can, you know, re- effect a rescue. So right. that active threat course is, is based on that model. It's more EP centric. Nice. So, yeah. We're, we're, nice. we're doing some pretty good things. Yeah. You're doing some awesome things. That's exciting, man. And getting me in the mood to train. That's, 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 yeah, again, this is all, yeah I, 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 we'll talk about it. I'd love to. And this is all, um, this is in Vegas and this is all open enrollment. So these assets are available to everyone. They are. Unless you're doing that specific thing for a detail basically they, they are and, and just just to make sure i didn't misspoke um currently the uh the ep academy and those ep centric courses are in vegas but we take them on the road for clients we just did a um i just went across the pond uh, a few months back for a client over um in ireland and uh, we did some training there so we also you know we can we can do mobile uh training groups as as necessary you know depending wow. on, on the, uh, you know, the scope of what we're trying to do. Outstanding. Yeah. Good stuff, man. That's exciting. What would you say uh, in terms of training, you know, what are some of the more important, important components of approaching executive protection training? You know, things that you're looking for to know that it's good training, the ways that you know people are retaining it, different things like that. Yeah. Good, really good question. This is, this this is your is, realm. You're the guy. <laughs> I got to ask um, you all that. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's a really good point. And I think, honestly, um, this is where some folks miss the mark, I think. Um, to, to me, and I've learned some of this the hard way going up through mm-hmm. my career as well. Um, yeah. I've been, really been doing training for 30 plus years in so my 40, 40 year career now. So what, what I've learned, you know, maybe 30 years ago, I might have just pulled out a something off the top of my head because I know it, right? I know how to do CQB. So I might just right. go into a, into a shoot house and start showing somebody how to do something, right? Start moving around, yeah. Right? But, 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 you know, 30 years ago, I probably wouldn't have said, here, here, these are your measurable training objectives. These are your metrics, your key performance indicators. So what I'm getting at is now is this is where I think some folks miss the mark. And I think, honestly, we do this quite well for, for where we are currently is everything we do in training uh, has what we call a terminal performance objective and then enabling performance objectives that lead up to that terminal performance objective. So an example is um, when you go through our EP course, there's a terminal objective that we want you to be able to accomplish at the end of that five-day training. We want you to go out to the field and be able to do this. It's Mm -hmm. not a training objective. It's an actual operational objective, right? So we don't, we don't focus our training on just getting that certificate. We want the training to translate to the field so that when you get out to the field, you have these skills, hit the ground running, and, and you go with it. It doesn't mean they can't be developed, but you already have the tools when you get out there. Um, point being is everything's, everything has a measurable standard. So when you go to our training programs, there's when you go through a practical lab, there's a performance um, a measurable metric that you have to meet. If you don't meet it, 
we'll remediate you. You get a second chance. If you don't meet it the second time around, you get a certificate of attendance, but not a certificate of completion. So my point being is what? no participation trophies. Oh no. We all get, <laughs> we all get participation trophies. No. <laughs> Good. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. That's no, what you should be. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, I think, you know, it's not to take anything away. If someone, you know, if it's an open enrollment, they're paying hard-earned money, but we tell them on day one, this is the standard. You have to meet it. And if you don't, you know, we're gonna. We're going to do everything in our power to set you up for success. And yep. when I say when I say we'll give you an opportunity to remediate, let's say you you fail a written test, you you need an eighty and you get a seventy nine. Mm-hmm. We'll work with you, give you an opportunity to retest before we graduate the class. Right. And if you hit the mark, good to go. You'll get the minimum passing score, right? So you'll get a you you could score the second time around get a hundred, but you're going to get an eighty for your grade since you missed the first one, right? Righteous. Uh, you, yep. you get a 79 the second time around, you get a certificate of attendance for sitting through the course, but you don't graduate. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just make a point. Our last academy, we had one student that did not meet the performance objectives. Uh, he, The practical part, he, he missed the mark. He wasn't quite getting everything we were trying to, you know, trying to lead him to. Right. Um, so, you know, we patted him on the back, shook his hand, said, you know, thank you very much for being here. Yeah. Here's a certificate of attendance. Please come back. We'd love right. to get you back. And, you know, let's work on this. These are some things you need to work on. And we'll get you back there and hopefully uh, get you that graduation certificate next time around. Yep. I respect the heck out of it. I think this is exactly how it should be because we're just protecting people's lives here. <laughs> you know, like there's no... Um, there have to be standards, man. And and it's a it's love. Like I have nothing but respect for someone who spends their hard-earned time and money to come out there and try and earn that certificate of graduation. You know, and even if they don't miss, I, I have respect for them for being there and going and doing it. But who would we be if we let just anyone through, you know, with our badge of approval? You know, it's yeah. as agents and as leaders and as, you know, the people that we're supposed to be, it's just unacceptable. <laughs> I think. I agree. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing that. My dogs are going crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exciting. Okay, awesome. And then as we start to get into the closing questions, is there anything else you want to say about Allied Universal? Uh, we're we're constantly recruiting. Um, you know, as I as I've replied in in some of the social media posts, and you know, folks always ask about work, especially new folks trying to break into the field, right? As you know, you've seen hundreds of them yourself. I'm, I know you have. Uh, you know, much of much I would tell anybody is uh, you you kind of have to be willing to go to where the work is, right? Um, if you know, you asked about Allied, we have accounts all over the world, but within stateside. You know, we're very heavy on the West Coast right now. We have some semblance of accounts on the East Coast right now. As we've just acquired a few new accounts on the East Coast in the New England area. Um, so there, there's opportunities there. And I'm always, you know, we're always about recruiting. And, and obviously we want, uh, you know, we like to think we have high marks for recruiting. We have high standards. Uh, we recruit heavily for veterans, but we recruit from all walks of life as well. You know, right. we, so I would just say, you know, advice I give to anybody, and I, and I know you, I'm, I'm almost guessing you would probably offer the same type of advice, is if you haven't been to an executive protection formal training program, 
get to one, do your research. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see you come to ours, but there's also some other great ones out there and do some research, find out what type of culture you're looking for, right? Look at that company culture. Companies vary quite a bit. Um, when you look at um, Gavin Newbecker, who I actually have a lot of respect for them. They have quite a bit of, they have quite a bit of different culture than we do, right? We're more of a tech type of uh, culture and, you know, culture within our, within our company. Uh, it's vastly different than Gavin DeBecker, but to me, they're both very reputable. So again, if I'm, if I'm talking to a potential uh, recruit uh, candidate that wants to come to us, I would say, make sure that, you know, you research the company that's a good fit for the culture. Right. It's a good training. Come in, you know, with that humility, right. Open mind, be willing to learn and, uh, and be professional. And, uh, you know, a few other things I would say, uh, just good advice for any EP practitioner is be very sensitive to the client's privacy, the principal's privacy and their, you know, private life, right? Those types of things are are really critical. So although, you know, I would love to say, you know, I've protected Lady Gaga, which I haven't. (laughs) So, yeah, for everybody out there, I have not. Right. But if I but if I was, I'm not going to be taking pictures with her and you know taking pictures on her corporate jet and that type of thing. It's just you know it's not professional. Yeah. So you know be respectful of who you're dealing with and uh, sensitivity is is huge in, in privacy in this business. So yes. we need to be sensitive to that. Yeah, yeah, and with just discretion with those things, you know. Yeah. And in this age of social media, it's easy to make mistakes really quickly. So. Yeah, it's, it's, don't be ashamed to Santa. If you're if you're listening to this and there's a few of those pictures on your, go get get take them down. You know, yeah. but really, yeah, that that I find a lot of um, I think it's helped at least my career a lot protecting the client's privacy, and that's like obviously done digitally. But then even in in the environments I find myself in. You know, if a husband and wife start a conversation that I shouldn't really be listening to or should I make it obvious that I'm not listening, you know, <laughs> these this kind of discretion of protecting their privacy is something we've got to do in, in deed and 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 everything as well all the time. Yeah, good stuff there. A lot of good, you dropped a lot of good stuff. Come out, train, you know, uh the training gives you gives people a glimpse at you. And it gives you guys uh, the ability to forge relationships in the industry. This is like ultra valuable stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Corporate cultures, you know, understanding the company that you're looking at, that stuff, that can be a real big friction point or, or you can really be like, man, I found my home. Yeah. I feel good here. You know, these are, you know, (laughs) that's, those are the differences. Longevity. It'll impact your longevity. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, you know, final point, if I may, on, on uh, just some advice is, uh, you know, my my background in EP, and we really didn't even get into this, but when I uh, when I left the Marine Corps, you know, my my real first taste of EP was I went over to State Department on a, uh, you know, the world at the time, now that's WPS, as you know, World Protective Services. Back then it was called Worldwide Protective Services, W, Worldwide Personal Protective Services, WPS. Okay. Right, same contract, but just to, had a different name back then. So anyway, 2004 is when I went to State Department. So uh, my point I'm making is most of my background in EP, and then I went to Fletzy for five years. It's all kind of government heavy, government centric perspective, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so I had to really learn uh, kind of the corporate side. Um, you know, I had to transition and it's a lot different. So uh, this is where I was talking about earlier when we started, where I was probably a little bit on the arrogant side coming from the State Department contract, thinking this is the only way to do things. And, you know, yeah. I'll tell you right now, that was a big, foolish, prideful <laughs> attitude to have because yeah. I got humbled really quickly from some really reputable guys that were a lot younger than me and mm. a lot more experience. Um, you know, the old carrying the bags thing, right? We all oh, hear yeah. I used to, in the private side, it's a whole different ball game. I'll be honest. I, yeah. I, I'm ashamed to say, but I was one of those guys that said, Oh, we don't carry bags. And, Die hard, and, no bag carrying. And <laughs> yes. I learned quickly. Yeah. 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 I learned very quickly. Uh, that was a very foolish, arrogant perspective. Um, mm -hmm. That's not corporate EP. Again, right. it goes, you know, safe, happy, productive, keeping that client happy. If we need to carry his wife's bags or her husband's bags, it doesn't matter. We're doing it, right? Yep, put the car seat in. We're doing things sometimes. Doing things that we may not have done on the government side, but yes. point being is you have to be able to uh, transition to the environment that you're working with. And oh, yeah. uh, part, of, part of that, again, is being humble. Just do whatever it takes. Mission first, humans always. I love right. that. That's such good stuff. And then uh, favorite, favorite quote or mantra that you like that's held you down over the years? Probably my favorite quote or mantra is uh, be firm, be fair, be consistent, be yourself. Wow. Right? And, you know, I, I'd love to say I'd love to say I made that up. Mm. I did. One of my colonels in the Marine Corps um, taught me that early on in my career. And uh, to me, it's great advice. And by, in fact, I'll, I'll mention, I'll name drop the guy. He's a lieutenant yeah. general in the Marine Corps today, Gen Lieutenant General Smith, George Smith. Wow. He's, a big, he's a big force recon um, guy. He was my CO with Fourth Force. Uh, actually, he was my I and I, my inspector instructor, uh, officer in charge uh, as a major. Now he's a lieutenant general, but he, he used that all the time. And he was a great example. And I, and I mentioned him because... He's actually a guy I try to try to be like in many ways. Um, I've never been one, in, even in the range, you, you've seen the drill instructor types that scream and yell. Uh, that's never been my leadership style. Same I'm more, I'm more of a mentor coach, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather take the guy aside, put my arm around him and say, look, dude, this is how you're doing it. This is where you're screwing up. Yep. Uh, that's kind of how, that's really how Lieutenant General Smith is. And that's a, really looked up to him all these years and still to this day, he's kind of my role model. Um, I try to do things the same way. Again, do, do I follow my sword occasionally? Yeah, I do. I, I wish I could say I hit it hundred percent of the time, but I don't, but I try. Right. Yes. But that, to me, that's, that's pretty good advice. Just be firm, be fair, be consistent and be yourself. Don't try to be somebody that you're not just make it fit your personality. Yeah. There's so much power in that, man. Yeah, uh, that's when people really find their voice and find their power when they can when they can really be themselves and will and work on being a self that you're proud of enough to be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's good advice so, right there. Just yeah. something to that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. yeah, that's good stuff. I love that quote. I might make that the tagline for this episode. A habit that you think agents and people should look at that helps them become a better person or a better protector. It's a good one. I know I keep sounding like a broken record, but I would say uh, humility. Yeah. You know, just be humble. 
Um, and that goes all the way around. You know, it's easy to say, be humble. I don't mean just, just treat people with respect. You know, right. um, you're, you're dealing with a principal who wants respect. You're dealing with that, those family members. You're dealing with fellow agents. Yeah. You're dealing with the executive assistant or the personal assistant of the principal, right? Yeah, they're, often, they're oftentimes very demanding. In fact, they always are demanding. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a yeah. relationship you got to work at. Yeah. So, so it's all about relationship building. You know, try to try to build bridges and uh, try to be that guy that's always trying to find a solution and not just be uh, one that blames. You know, blaming. Uh, is really, to me, not very good leadership. It's easy to point a finger and say, you know, screwed up. You know, to that point also, if you make a mistake, own it. Yeah, man, that was on me. I, I screwed that up badly. Yes. Uh, yeah, I screwed up in advance one time in Iraq uh, so badly that we got our principal to the venue almost two hours late. Luckily, and this is a, this is a senior executive service level State Department diplomat. Luckily, he was a Luckily, he was a great guy. He was he was fine. He wasn't uh, out for blood, but somebody was. Someone, my, somebody. AIC, my AIC was out for blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man, there's always one burning yeah. at the stakes, and you're like, come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and how'd for, you deal with it? For, fortunately, um, he was a good guy as well. My AIC was a former Delta Force Sergeant Major, very very squared away guy. Same thing, uh, low key doesn't didn't get excited. He basically said, you know, you know, you screwed up, dude. Uh, let's fix it. You know, you know what you did wrong. Yep. And uh, and that was the end of it, you know. And but that was one of those life lessons, those mistakes that you really don't repeat again. You're never going to make yeah. exactly. And I did. Yeah. That uh, says so much about like, because I I find myself even with with my teams, like when my guys make mistakes, it's like I know they're good guys and I know they're kicking themselves. And I don't have to, you know, go into all these other disciplinary kind of things I've seen done because I'm like, hey, <laughs> and they're like, I'm sorry. I know I messed up and I just don't feel the need to do that because they're not going to do that again. You know, it's yeah. just the human factor. And now we're we're better now because of it. Yeah. Um, and that's that says a lot about a lot of things, I think. Yeah. You know, going back to, uh, to, to my my mentor, Lieutenant General Smith. Yeah. Uh, and he was a major when this happened, but it, I goofed something up one time. Uh, I, I won't get into the weeds. It's not important what it was, but um, I was I was feeling bad and uh, just beating myself up. And I'm I'm expecting uh, a butt chewing at the end of the day when we mm -hmm. get this event we were dealing with. And I've been anticipating almost like when you're a little kid waiting for your dad to come dad home. To get home. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? So it was kind of one of those situations. And I, I'm the first sergeant of the unit at this point. I'm the senior enlisted. And, and I, you know, so he's he's my guy. I'm I'm his direct, you know, his direct guy. Right? So at the end of the day, uh, you know, he's coming up to me and I'm just dreading it. Oh, here we go. I'm thinking I might even get fired over this. And yeah. he's like, uh, first sergeant. Nobody's going to beat you up more than yourself. So let's just make sure this never happens again. I'm like, Roger that, sir. And that was it. That's the kind of leader he was. Wow. And, uh, you know, rather than just tearing me to shreds, he, he knew I goofed up and he knew I knew that I, that I had goofed up. So, uh, you know, again, it was one of those things that didn't get repeated. I learned from it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, knowing you had good character and the internal accountability, just that does the heavy lifting, I think. Exactly. <clears throat> And then the final question, um, what's it all for? How would you like to be remembered, you know, at the end of the day? 
again, pretty simple. I, I'd like to be just a normal guy. I'm not any uh, any legend or anything like that in the Marine Corps. I'm not a, a recon guy. I'm just a I'm just a guy that is trying to do a good job. You know, in my current role, um, I try to be a good family man. I like to think I've got my priorities in order in terms of my, you know, my human responsibilities, if you will. Right. I, I'm just I'm trying to be a good guy and influence people in a positive way, whoever I deal with, whether it's training, family, relationships, whatever. Just, you know, each day try to get a little bit better. And that, that's that's how I hope to be remembered anyway. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I love the humility. I love the humility. You guys all see that wall behind them who watch on YouTube. That's what you can do if you try to get a little bit better. You know, that's a legendary wall right there. I, I love everything. It's, it's an honor. It's been an honor. Um, I learned so much from you here today in this brief conversation. This, I think I know that this has tremendous value. I really hope everyone takes these lessons to heart. Um, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. I think, you know, Leonardo da Vinci said that, and we, you know, a lot of the stuff that you gave during this conversation are simple things that I think really can help the listener tremendously. So thanks so much for your time and attention today, uh, sir. Much Thank you, Byron. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks so much. And I'm so excited for what you guys are doing um, at Allied and to hear that that's all open enrollment. Um, and that you guys are offering those levels of training. And with you at the helm, man, I know it's going to be solid stuff. So that's awesome too. Appreciate that. Outstanding. And then where can people find you? So the uh, any I'm on social media. So pretty much LinkedIn, uh, Duke Speed is LinkedIn is, is my handle there. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, Duke Speed. Facebook, I'm in uh, Jola Sources Protective Services Group. Uh, which I'm a big, big fan of. I think that's that's a good solid uh, group there, and uh, and then of course email. Uh, if you want to email me, it's actually my given name, Richard.speed at aus.com. Feel free to uh, plug me on the email, uh, and then our website itself is aus.com. Now that the website, I'm just gonna not to get too in the weeds here. It's a little tricky to find the EP part of big AUS. They got you tucked in the corner. Yeah, they got, they got us tucked in. So under professional services, mm-hmm. you'll see a link for professional services. Just look for the executive protection intelligence services link. And that will get us to our, uh, all the links for our company, including training. Awesome. Outstanding. Yep. And then if you can just send me those links after this, well, I'll the show notes. Too yeah, easy. Yeah. All right. Once again, thank you so much, sir. Much appreciated. God bless December 5. Thank you, Brian. December 5. Take care. Awesome. Out. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what 
helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Grayman and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out. Boom.